You're listening to the 5-Minute Friday podcast episode of The Aligned Self. This is your host, Daniel Danovi. Okay, 5-Minute Friday, a short and concise podcast episode of The Aligned Self designed to leave you with a question, an idea, a strategy, a tip, a hack in order to give you greater access to your conscious awareness, evolving your conscious awareness, or give you greater mastery over your mind. Hello, friend, and welcome into this 5-Minute Friday. The episode that I am working on, the next one that was supposed to be in the docket here, is Mastering Your Vibration, Law of Attraction, and Mastering Your Vibe. That episode turned into a two-parter, and I'll finish that up tomorrow, but today I'm going to grace you with a five-minute Friday. One of our listeners, Kevin, asked me if I could do an episode where we teach our children law of attraction principles and manifestation principles, mind mastery techniques, and that's this episode. But don't worry, if you don't have children, this episode still applies to you because the techniques that I'm going to share with you can be equally used with yourself and with your children. So in this episode, I'll share the five techniques that you can use to program your mind for success. And of course, they're not the only five, but there are five that I selected for this episode. So technique number one is review your wins and your losses, your wins and your failures. So you can do this with your kids at dinner time or in the evening. You can do it with yourself as you review your day. But I'll orient this around asking your children, and you can just apply it to yourself. So you ask your kids on a daily basis or semi-daily basis, what was a win today that you can share with me? And then tell me about a failure. Tell me where you failed today. And then what did you learn from that failure? And of course, when you're asking your kids to share a failure with you, both the wins and the failures get the equal amount of enthusiasm. So when they fail, you say, fantastic, that was very courageous of you to attempt that. What did you learn from your failure? Because we all know that there's no such thing as failure, only feedback. And if they should happen to have no failure that they can share with you, you say you need to get out in the world and fail at something. Tomorrow night when we have this conversation, you better have something you can share. So this is all oriented around reframing what failure means, because most people fear failure. So when they view failure as simply feedback, and the only way you can fail is by attempting something you've never tried before, then you actually set them up to win later in life. You set yourself up to win. Ask yourself, what did you fail at today? And it can be simply asking a question or making a request that you get a no to. And then you review, what could you have said differently? How did that impact you? What feedback did that provide? Can you imagine the life for your children and yourself when you never view failure as an upset again? It's just something that happened and it provided you with feedback, which you can use to more intelligently begin again. The important aspect of this is to get excited when they fail to get excited when you fail, because it means you're out in the world doing something. You're in action. When we reframe failure, then we're out in the world making things happen, following our dreams, making good on our intentions. We're not allowing fear 
to hold us back. Technique number two. Whenever you encounter a disappointment, an upset, a setback, acknowledge the disappointment. Well, that was disappointing. And it's important that we acknowledge the disappointments when they come up. We want to feel the disappointment, acknowledge it. Of course, it happened. It was disappointing. And then we ask the question, what does that now make possible? How does this experience serve me? You can also use these two questions when you're reviewing a failure. But I separated a failure and disappointment mainly because a disappointment could show up as somebody else didn't come through, somebody else changed their mind, and you were left disappointed. You had an expectation somewhere that out in the world, and it was not fulfilled. This is a part of life. And when you can learn to handle a disappointment, to handle an expectation that is unfulfilled, and you acknowledge it, well, that was disappointing. And granted, you may have to spend, you know, or invest a little bit more time grieving the disappointment than just a mere, oh, that was disappointing. You might want to spend a day or two and really embrace the disappointment. But you set a time limit for yourself that you're going to be disappointed. And then asking the question, what does that now make possible? How did that serve me? Now, the amount of time that you spend grieving a disappointment is proportionate to the level of expectation that you held before that. And that's just a personal assessment. I'd want you to honor your feelings, honor what comes up, but not to wallow in it. Ideally, how we want it to go is when a disappointment shows up, you can let it go almost in the same second. Well, that didn't come to pass. Too bad. Now what? Next, because oftentimes disappointment shows up in the arena of which we have no control in. We have an expectation, but it wasn't fulfilled. So the only place we have control is in our response. And when we exercise that response ability, we are empowered. This is what you also want to teach your children. And the old adage I learned when I was a child is don't cry over spilled milk. You spill the milk, you have to accept it. You clean it up. Now, that was disappointing. You clean it up and you go buy more milk or you pour yourself another glass. So now we have technique number three, and this is check your vibes. When you can teach your children to check in with their intuition, check in with their vibes, to honor their vibes, and if you can do this for yourself, all the better. And by consistently checking in with your vibes when you have a decision to make or a choice or something's on the horizon, you get to the point where you can speak the language of intuition. For instance, my my oldest boy had a job interview, and I had a particular vibe that came up for it, but I wanted him to check in with his vibes. And I, I asked him, when you check in with your vibes, how's it feel to you? Is it expansive or contracted? Like, is it really tight across the chest or do your shoulders feel opened up and receiving? Does it feel dark or bright? Is there a sense of heaviness around it or a sense of lightness around it? Does it feel dense and heavy or light and breezy? He thought about it and responded, it felt kind of heavy and a little restrictive. And as it turned out, the opportunity really wasn't a good fit for him. And so after going through the interview, he was able to take a look at the result of the interview and then look back on his vibe and say, hey, I knew this on some level before I ever showed up for the interview. And after doing this enough times and checking in with your vibes and getting 
uh, calibrated to the result, the information in that gut check, in that vibe check, then maybe in the future he could have checked in with his vibe and just avoided the interview altogether because he just felt or just knew it wasn't a good fit on the front end. And then this will apply to a multitude of situations later in life, whether it's going out with a particular person, hanging out with a particular set of friends, you know, engaging in particular behavior, you name it. You see, our intuitive guidance typically speaks in binary code, yes and no, right or left. And when we can check in and get a sense of what's there, do a gut check, check our vibe, then we have another piece of information that we can consider. Now, it's important once they check in with their vibes and they either make the decision yes or no to go ahead, that they review the decision. How did it work out? How did that compare with their vibe? I go into more detail about this in my intuition course, but this gives you the framework of how to tune into your vibes, how to begin to speak the language of intuition. Something you can do with your kids is play a game that I played when I was a kid, and I found it very useful to tap into that internal guidance. We called it hide the thimble, but most people don't have a thimble in their household today, but you can take any small article, any small little chotsky or any little, you know, any little something that they could hide around the room. So how it works is you're going to tell them that you're going to send them in the other room. And when they're over there, you're going to hide this little article somewhere in the room. And when they come back in, their job is to find it. And you will give them feedback on whether they're hot or cold, close or far away. The closer they are, the hotter they are, or the warmer they are, the further away they are from the article, the colder or cooler they are. And this game is a fun way to check in with your vibes. And it works both ways when you're the person hiding the article or you're the one coming in the room to find the article you still have that sensation of warm or hot, cold or cool. Technique number four is a daily review. You can do this with yourself just before you go to bed or in the evening, or you can do it with your children in the evening. And this is similar to number one, which is a review of your wins or failures. But we're going to ask these questions. What did you like most about today and why? What did you like least about today and why? What are three things that you are grateful for about today? And if you're working on a goal or intention, were your actions in alignment with moving closer to your goal or further away? And then, based on your feedback or your review of what happened today, what is your intention for tomorrow? This daily review can be journaled or it can just be an internal dialogue, a checklist that you have with yourself or with your children. The outcome of this little exercise is that it makes you present and aware of each and every day. Because when we go through the motions of life and we're not present to the results, not present to what's there for us on the back end of it in review, then it's just another day that passed into oblivion. Technique number five is... I call take three to breathe. And this practice is about conscious breath, conscious breathing. You see, breathing is the only or one of the only autonomic processes that we can bring directly into conscious control. And when we do, 
We can alter our state, our emotional state, faster than any other technique. And so by teaching your children this or adapting yourself to utilize when you feel stressed, you give yourself, you give your children a technique to regulate your emotional response. And once learned, this can be utilized at any point in your day. Whenever you feel a little stressed or you want to ground yourself, get centered and recover. So the way it starts out is you take in a breath and then you hold it. And then just before it becomes uncomfortable, you take a little bit more breath in. You expand your lungs even more and then you hold it as long as it's comfortable. And then you exhale nice and slow. You blow it out through your mouth. Now what happens is when we take the breath in, we excite the nervous system a little bit. And when we blow out slowly, we begin slowing the heart down. We begin to shift our nervous system to relax. So through this long, slow exhale, you want to push all the air out of your lungs. So at the end of your exhalation, you actually want to tighten your abdomen, really make it tight, and almost think about pulling your belly button back toward your spine, contracting your stomach. And when it feels as if you pushed all your breath out, then you relax and you take an automatic diaphragmatic breath. Your belly will expand as you breathe in and you breathe in nicely and comfortably until you reach the top of your inhalation and then you hold it just for a couple seconds and then you begin another long, slow exhalation. You don't need to contract as tightly at the end of that breath on the second time, but if you want, it's a bonus round. But as soon as you feel as if you've evacuated your lungs, you again allow your belly to relax and you expand, draw the breath in, expanding your lungs, again holding at the height of your inhalation just for a couple of seconds, and then another nice, long, slow exhalation. In the beginning, the time allotted for these three centering breaths can really only be a minute. And as you get better at lung capacity and holding your breath, you may take as long as five minutes. Now, breath work is one of the most powerful techniques that we can bring on. And this was only an introduction with the three to breathe. But it is a powerful technique for self-regulation. It only takes a minute or two. And then you're right as rain and you're ready to carry on to the next challenge. So that's it for this 5-Minute Friday. This is your friend and host, Daniel DeNovi, urging you to follow your bliss. Live your life from inner signals. Be inner-directed as you engage in the epic adventure. <laughs>